You are now listening to Cyber Time Bite, hosted by me, Stephen Clark. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey there, everybody. Um, this is Steven here um, for Cyber Time Bite, episode... Uh, nerf. It, yeah, great. Yeah, good job, Steven. You forgot the, you forgot to check what episode number you're on again. Yeah, I know. Yeah, this is this is episode seventeen. Episode seventeen of Cyber Timelight. My gosh. And today, I have a I have a I have a really literal little funny guest who who is literally getting started in in the world of stand up. Like he literally just started. Like like um. We'll get we'll keep we'll get deep into it, and um, I'm here today with uh, with Daniel. Um, or what you? I I should ask this before we went on, but what do you like to be called? Uh, Daniel, just you know, that's my first name, so let's just stick to that. Yeah, so I'm here with Daniel, and he's he's actually from Europe. He's not from the states, but his English is super, really, awesomely good. Well, I'm actually, uh, I'm actually in like I was actually born and raised in Dubai, the United Arab Emirates, and uh, I'm originally Lebanese, but I've been living in Budapest, Hungary, in Central Europe for the past year and a half. That that's really cool. Yeah. So um, it's alright here. <clears throat> so the so usually I like starting this off with the last time we talked, but this is the first time we talked. <laughs> yeah. So you know that's cool. So, so I guess the first question you start off with is, was that thing that you that you posted that video was that your was that your first stand up gig ever? Well, not really. It's more of a um, so you know, I I was the thing is about me is that I before a month ago I hadn't even been to a stand up comedy show until last month. So and then I went to see some I went to see a show with my friends and. Uh, that was the very first time I'd ever even heard, ever even seen anyone perform stand up, and it was like an open mic event. So they told me, you know what, come back and register, and you can do it next time. So I went home that day. The next day, I was at work and I wrote all the material and I performed. And the video that you just saw, it was my second performance at that venue. So it was like a ten minute bit or so. Do you do you have video of the first performance or did that that got video? Yeah, I've got videos of three of my four performances. I did one this Wednesday that went better, that went even better than the one that I posted on Reddit. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm pretty happy with the way things are going here. But right now, I'm sort of taking a break because um, I've got a lot going on. So mm-hmm. I need to refocus. You know, priorities. Yeah. You know what that's like. Yeah. So I, I would I would love to see all the stuff that you recorded because, dude, that. <laughs> <laughs> that first, that first cop, your first set, man. That was that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny stuff, dude. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. I mean, it's been really working, even though I'm not particularly funny up close, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, no. I think no. I think it's funny how you were like talking about like your own country <laughs> and all and all like the and all the stereotypes and all that stuff. It was, it was, it was so, it was so funny, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when you're an Arab, there's a lot of stereotypes to overcome and i found that the best way to overcome said stereotypes is not through you know being all politically correct and yelling at the guy that what he's saying is wrong it's more of an idea that you got to make them laugh about it so that they understand how silly their conceptions are yeah so so 
<laughs> so like have you um have you ever since then or ever since your last gig have you been writing down like um new material for your next gig or are you are are you on this train right now just staying focused on what you need to be focused on right now before you start writing more material <coughs> well you see um everything that i've done before is a sort of refinement of what i first started out with so i started out with this um concise set of jokes that were sort of a um flash of inspiration and ever since then i've been like working together to um sort of put the jokes together in a more refined way, a more concise way, a more tightly delivered way. And the the performance that you saw on Reddit is more of a, like it's, let's say it's the beta version of the final performance, which is what I did on Wednesday. So like sort of at that point, my performance on Wednesday was the absolute refinement of everything that came before. And now I'm sitting down these days and I'm trying to come up with um, more material because I've got another one in about a month that I'm going to go full on, you know, completely fresh material, nothing rehashed from before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, but the thing is I don't have that, like right at the moment I'm sort of in a, I'm lacking the initial flash of inspiration that sort of hit me when, like a truck when I first started. So, so, um, what, what are your, um, who are your, inspirations like who are your comedy inspirations into into doing this well you see that's the thing like before i started doing this whole comedy but i you know sparingly watched some comedy stand-up bits i was a big fan of the uh seinfeld stuff and the george carlin stuff i know they're two very different way two different very ways two very different ways of comedy but i was a big fan of george carlin because i used to always think like huh afterwards you know mm-hmm. and then for Jerry Seinfeld, it's just that guy just takes every everyday situations and just lampoons the shit out of them. So, and then after I started doing the stand-up comedy, I also started, like, watching Dave Chappelle. I started watching, like, uh, a bunch of other people. But, I mean, I, I recently saw the um, Joe Rogan special, mm-hmm. the one that he put on Netflix. I mean, I've never even heard of Joe Rogan, but my friend from the Netherlands was telling me about it. And he was like, you got to check this out. And I was like, okay. So he was all right. I mean, but, you know... Overall, I picked up a few things that I could have done better, like, from watching these people go. Like, George Carlin is all about setup, you know? He's all about talking about the situation before he really lands into the punchlines. And then, so because of that, I became a little bit less afraid of, like, letting my jokes run for a while. Because it used to be that my first performance, my jokes were not exceeding two or three lines at a time. Mm -hmm. So now, over time, you know, thanks to Dave Chappelle, thanks to Seinfeld, thanks to um, George Carlin, you know, rest in peace... uh, you know, I've been picking up some things, but I've gotten better, and I've sort of become more confident in my improvisational ability. Was that guy who you were who you were, um in the video when you were doing your thing when you say, "Hey, my most enthusiastic fan"? Was that like your guy that you would like point to, and be like, oh, this guy's like, this guy's like the like my dude." Like when when I made like a really good joke, like he laughs the hardest at my joke or something, or was he like a friend? <laughs> Well, no, I'll tell you what he was. So the first, my, my very first performance was this British guy. He was a, he's sort of like a, um, he's he's a bald British guy from London, yeah, and he bore a passing resemblance to Michael Stipe, you know, the frontman from R.E.M. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, as I was sitting there, he was laughing the hardest at my jokes, and uh, he was pretty enthusiastic about them because apparently, he, he, you know, the guy has a very specific humor. Mm-hmm. He, like... He wouldn't. He wouldn't understand most references you throw at him, but then he'd some, out of nowhere he'd just start bursting. 
So he started laughing at that, and then I looked at him, and I was like, wait, this guy looks like Michael Stipe from R.E.M. So I was like, thank you, Michael Stipe, my biggest fan. I'm a big fan of R.E.M. as well. Like, what, are you talking about the... <coughs> the, uh, the, 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 this, this one goes out to... Yeah, to yeah. the one I love. But the yeah. thing is, like, he was used to... So, like, this guy was talking to me after the show, and he was like, you know, I never called Michael Stipe before. My whole life had gone around being called Moby. <laughs> That's something. Yeah, that is. No, but and I was just like laughing my ass off because I was like, "How did I not see Moby?" <laughs> oh my god! No. Yeah. But then um, there was um, there there's the there's the joke that I also liked at the beginning when you did when you're like oh all you do is listen to overplayed meme songs. Oh yeah, you know the thing is like that that about that joke is that originally it wasn't gonna be Rick Astley, it was gonna be Toto's Africa. But then the thing is that like there were a couple performers before me, and every time they got on stage, Toto's Africa started playing. So I was like, this kind of ruins the joke, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and then last minute I switched it to Rick Astley because I remember I could do a good. Um, I could do a good voice when it comes to singing. Uh, never gonna give you up. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. That that was funny, and it's also funny how you also, because I'm also allergic to cats too. And, oh yeah. And it's and it was like funny how you made fun of the, like of the, of the allergic reaction. And I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, like you know, I've, I've, I've you know, the funny thing is that before I got allergic, I used to have three cats, and then after they left, I got allergic, and ever since then, like whenever I come into contact with a cat, you know, it was. Um, so I was thinking, this is a true story, by the way. I was taking care of a cat that I'm allergic to for a few days because my friend went to get drunk at Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there, and every time I come home, the guy just tries to run up to me and jump all over me. And I'm like, bitch, you're going to get me sick. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Why don't I make a joke out of that? Because that's just some sitcom shit right there. <laughs> that, 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 that was funny, man. So- yeah, it was. I mean didn't land as hard as I wanted it to, or maybe it was just my delivery, but I mean, the thing is that I did that joke again to another crowd, and they really fell for it. Yeah, I guess, I guess, so, when, I guess when it comes to, like, the, the hardcore stand-up, like, what you're doing, I guess it depends on the crowd you do it from, like, like, oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, the Dubai crowd may be different from, like, the London crowd, you know what I'm saying? Definitely. That video, the the one that I posted on Reddit, that was my toughest crowd yet, so, you know, it was kind of a tricky situation. I was like, I was like starting, you know, by the end, I, I could see my confidence start to shake up a little bit because of the fact that they weren't laughing as hard as I was used to them laughing. And then, but then, you know, on my fourth performance, like the one that I did on Wednesday, I was completely oozing confidence. And then I was like, and that because of that, like everything that I did really landed. I mean, but, I mean, like, but, but, but like you said, I mean, they really made you feel comfortable in a room to only have one exit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, it's a good old, um, it's a good, I mean, I took advantage of the situation and we were sitting in this one very hot room with only one way out and everybody was cramped together and I was like, this this sounds like the, uh, this sounds like the opening to a very bad bomb joke and I was like, you know what, I'm going to take advantage of this, I'm going to turn the situation to compliment my terrorist joke, but the thing is about that, the thing is about that, like, you know, is I think I'm, I'm not sure in that video or was it in my last performance? I forgot to tell my most successful joke. 
what what is it? It's a, you can you know, share it on here. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure people will get kicked out of me kicked out of it because because this is going to be posted on the internet, so everyone in the world will be listening to this. So if you want to like yeah. share your joke, then go right ahead. Yeah. So here's how it goes. Like I start so I start off with this bit about the stereotypes. So I'm like, this girl one time asked me in Dubai, "Do you guys ride camels to work?" And I was like, "You know what?" And this is where I throw in the Arabic word now. So I was like, "Wallahi, yes." We get up in the morning. We get out of our tents real nice, slow. We take a shit in the desert right there, and we wipe it off like a dog. Then we get on our camels, and we go to work. Now, when we get to work, we sit down in the conference room. We put on our uh, dress. Now, this is – last time I did this joke, I had – I didn't have like the – I normally have the Arabic dress at home, but I left it. And then so I had my hoodie on, so I just put the hood on, and the people started laughing. <laughs> So I was like, so we put on our our clothes and we all think we think about how to kill you all. And you guys have made this really easy for me, because you're all in this one room with one with one exit tonight. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so after that, and then I finish the joke this way normally, and I forgot to do it this time. I was like, at the end of every day, our manager, Mr. Bin Laden, lets us go home, and we sit down together to watch our favorite TV show, How I Met Your Third Mother. <laughs> God, that's that's that. No, dude, that's amazing. I'm, I'm, no, for real, that's amazing. That was one of the first ones I came up with. Them. It's still my proudest joke yet. <laughs> you, are, you, are you trying to make that like like your punt, like your like the one that people kind of know you for? Yeah. You, dude, go. You should go for a bit because that is something right there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I'm really proud of that joke because like. You know, it capitalizes the whole stereotype thing as well. No, it'd be it'd be funny if you like if if you took so much emotion. It's like 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 we in the morning we got off our tents and we t- and we just t- and we just crouch out and we take a crap right there. <laughs> I mean, the thing is that I, I I actually like squat. I pop a squat in when I'm do when I'm talking about it. I don't know if it's in the video, but yeah, I literally scrunch down and then I like pretend to like you know like you know go through the process of. <laughs> Shitting in the desert, and then I get up and I scrape it off. Like I, I sort of mimic the motions of a cat, you know. Yeah, yeah, I saw. And sort of scraping the dust off. Yeah, in the, yeah, in the video, yeah, you, um, yeah, you pop the squat and you drop it, and then, and then you scrape it up. And then you... the, yeah, the... it was fun stuff. I mean, I really enjoy doing it now, especially talking to people after the show. Yeah. So yeah. So how? How is it after a show? Like, do people do people come up to you and say like, "Hey, that was really cool. That was really good," and all that stuff, or did it, or did they, um, or did they, or did they want to like, um, or did they just leave and just go off and do their own thing, or what? What happens? Well, no, I mean, first, so whenever I finish a show, first things first, I go in and I thank the um, host and the organizers of the event. It's these two Hungarian guys who are honestly fantastic people who have really been nice to me and um, helpful with this whole situation. So, you know, like I always go to thank them for organizing the event, for putting this stuff together. And uh, they even do their own performances and jokes. They, they, they introduce everybody. The video, and for the first time, the, the video that you saw, that was the first time that I actually closed down the show. So I was the last guy to talk. So... Um, you know, and then after I talk to them, you know, I, you know, I thank them, whatever, and I go and I get a drink because, like, normally every performer gets like a chance, gets like a free drink. So obviously, I take advantage and I get some whiskey. Mm-hmm. And then, 
And uh, some people come up to me, yeah, and sometimes I have my friends there who like to come and show support. Like, um, most of the time the recordings are from my best friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I've got friends from who do photography, who do filmmaking, and so they really like to record stuff. So, you know, I talk to them, and then I got, obviously I've got lots of people who like to come up to me and um, talk to me about my performance and my jokes. They like to tell me which ones are their favorites. Um, you know, some, you know, some, some of the other comedians like to give some advice because they're more experienced than I am, but it's, it's honestly a really nice, it's my favorite part of the night, actually, it's the feedback. Is, um, but, wait, what did, what did people say after, because I know that you said that, um, that, that, that was your toughest crowd yet, the video, the, the video that you posted, but, like, um, what the, since that was, like, your hardest crowd yet, what, how was it, like, um, when, when the people came... Excuse me. What? What, what was? Yeah. Your, yeah. What was your? What, what? How did the people backlash to you after your performance? After that? After that performance? Since it was like your hardest crowd of the night, or yet? I mean, yeah. I mean, after that, some people came up to me, and I mean, no, I still had lots of people come up to me. Like, but I'm just saying that relative to the other nights that I performed, they hadn't laughed as hard. But I mean, I still had some. There was someone from the United States who came up to me. I think she was from. Uh, I think she was from South Carolina, mm-hmm. and um, she started talking to me about the performance, and then like she really liked it. And there was this girl who was sitting in the front and just laughing her ass off almost every one of my jokes, and she was really happy about it. And then I had some people who called me at my last show, and they came up to me this time, and they're like, they you know they've made sure to like see me do it again. And you know I was talking to some, but for the most part I was talking to my friends and other comedians that night, and. Um, there, you know, there was some, there was this really fantastic, there were some really fantastic people there, but it's uh, definitely it's a really fun part. You know, like you got people coming up to you and they want to suddenly they want to know your story. You know, you suddenly feel so much more important as a person, so much more valued. So, so like, do you, have you ever thought about doing like a performance of like like doing like I mean, like I know that you're really good doing your show solo, but would you want to do like a show with like? Uh, with like friends and with other people and just like or a troop if you wanted to like like the like the spread the joke around or whatever yeah i mean um i definitely thought about it but i mean i've never been good with working with groups you know i'm more i mean uh i always feel that you know i'm not i'm not that i'm not that well of a manager you know a micromanager so um normally i do these things on my own but i remember after my first show this guy came up to me and he offered me his business card he runs an improv theater here in the city in Budapest, and um, I considered taking it up on the offer, but I still haven't really, you know, um, done it yet because honestly, I mean, it's it's sort of been a busy few weeks. I mean, I pretty much most of what I do is considered like, you know, I mean, most of what I do is university stuff, and then you know, I'm other, I'm mean, other personal stuff, and then I just do the comedy bit. So I don't really have the space for more stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But like, um, what, what, um, do you do you have? I mean, have have you start? Have if you if you start if you had started writing new material, do you have a sneak peek of what that stuff may be that you can share, or you want to like save it until performance? Mm, let me think if I can, let me see if I can think of one right now. Well, I mean, you see, I mean, I have some new jokes, but they're mostly like very. Um, 
Hungarian specific. I've got some Hungarian specific jokes. You know, you got like you, some jokes that you got to be living in the city to get. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, other than that, I don't really have much new stuff because I have this weekend. Um, as I told you, like before we came on the interview, like um, that I've had some friends visiting from different countries. Like I've got two friends who came from the Netherlands and from Finland, who I used to be, um, who used to, you know, who used to live here as well. So because of that, I haven't really been, you know, writing new stuff. I've just been catching up, you know, on the good old days, the nostalgia at all. Mm-hmm. So, so um, what, how? Uh, I, I guess I should start with this before I let into your into your uh, thing that you're doing now. But like, how how is it? How is it like? Gr- how were you like growing up? Was it like a? Do you have? Do you feel like you? Was it like a, a really like cool childhood? Like you really like to live your dreams and you know like. Like be able to take it step by step and you know get good education and all that stuff. Well, I mean, I had a normal childhood for the. I mean, for some part, like you know, I grew. I was born and raised in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates, which is a great place to grow up if you're a kid, but a horrible place to be if you're an adult. And then, um, you know, I went to school, but you know, I was. I mean, I was bullied pretty badly in school. Like you know, I mean, everything you've seen on. TV and movies, for the most part, you know, I went through at least some of that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and you know, actually, most of my comedy comes from the ability to retort, which is something that I picked up in high school. That, like, you know, just I'm always thinking of comebacks for people who are trying to bully me. So that's how I learned most of my comedy. And then, um, or most of my, you know, ability to reply in my, you know, sort of conversational wit. And I mean, for the most part, you know, it was all right. I mean. I had, it's just like it's like most kids these days, you know, just childhood, school, etc. You know, and uh, after that, I decided to. And then once I finished from Dubai, I moved to Lebanon for three years, for Beirut, and that's where you know, that's where things start to get crazy a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, I've been, I decided I was I've had enough of the Middle East for a while. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you know, you get told what the situation is like here sometimes in the Middle East. I mean back home, even though it's partly misrepresented, but, um, you know, so I decided I've had enough, and I wanted to move to Europe, and Europe is a place where, this is where I really started to take off, because Europe is a place where you can, you know, let your imagination run free, you can do whatever you want, you can be whoever you want, you're comfortable in your own skin, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so Europe is where really things started to kick off for me. So like, are are you in college like right now? Like are like are you a college student? Yeah, I'm doing my. I'm about to finish my second year of university. I'm currently doing business. I know not the most uh, inspiring of majors, but you know. Well, you. I uh, mean. No, sorry. Yeah, sorry. You were saying something. No, no, no. You can finish what you're saying. I'm sorry. I oh, know. I'm saying like you know. I mean, university is not really a priority. A big priority these days. I feel like. Uh, you know, like that. That's that's why I'm trying out all these new avenues, like stand-up comedy thing. I'm sort of trying to find something outside of university. You know. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, is are you trying? Are you getting a business degree to to be like a backup, just in case the comedy doesn't doesn't fall through, or do, are you confident enough that the comedy's gonna <clears throat> gonna hold you up for for a long time? That like that like the business can just be like an asset to your abilities for the future. No, I mean, um, here's the thing. The comedy is right now entirely just a fun hobby that I like to do on the week, you know, just for, uh, 
just to meet new people and just to try out new things. I mean, it's not really something that I want to take ex really far unless I really start to kick things off. You know, like if I manage to keep, if I manage to keep writing material and I get enough material to do like a half hour show or something like that, then then I would really consider taking this further than it is. But at the moment, it's one of many hobbies that I'm looking to explore. You know, like. Um, uh, I used to play guitar, and I started trying to pick that up again, and I'm trying to do stand-up comedy again, and I'm trying to do all sorts of new things, you know, because um, normally I'm an extremely rigid person. I sort of have a routine that I stick to, and I never deviate from. And then starting August, I started really deviating in how I behave in my life. So that's why I did the stand-up comedy. That's why I'm doing all the other stuff. That's why I'm trying to, like, you know, get back to doing the things that I used to do. So... It's not really something that I plan on taking really far, and as a result, you know, it's good to have a degree to rely on. Yeah, because because if you if you have a degree to rely on, then that means that you'll be able to um, take on um, you'll be able to have something to like fall back on just in case your hobbies don't go as far as you like them to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. That's how that's the thought process here. Because let's face it, um, the modern economy is one of entrepreneurship. And you know, these days, if you want to make it, you got to do something that's not the, that's not anymore considered what is to be the norm. You know, these, um, I, I mean, the, the high-end paying job, these paying jobs that require degrees and whatever, they're sort of slowly becoming outmoded. And the, you know, like you have all these people who are trying to find different ways to make money that don't involve sort of degrees. You know, like you have these people who are doing um, Instagram stuff. There are people who are doing podcasts, people running shows, people. Um, you know what I mean? Sort of a yeah. more entrepreneurial. There's a bigger entrepreneurial spirit right now than there was before. Uh, I was I was gonna ask, and I don't, and I was wondering if you if you would agree to this. But I was thinking that if if you want to, if you like, I can. It doesn't have to be every week because I know that would be that would probably be a little hard. But I was gonna I was gonna ask like if, if you want me to, I can. I can put a segment on this show at like the end of the show if you want of me of like having like the uh, the the joke of the the joke of the week or something that you make or something or you know yeah I mean you know if I manage to keep coming up with material I could throw in some stuff I mean I'll you know I'll see how it goes because right now you know as I said I'm sort of a slow burn you know I mean yeah. starting 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 to feel a little bit shaky but. Definitely, you know, if I ever manage to come, if I mean, if I'm every anytime I come up with a joke that I can throw in here, I'll definitely come on and toss one in, like you know, in and out. No, no, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, like you can like recording, you can send me the recording, or I can just air yeah. it if you want. If why you not? want me to do that? Yeah, why not? I mean, that that could work. Like, like now it's time for the Daniel joke of the week. <laughs> Brought to you by the drum roll, and then you know, Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> One of America's landmarks, is it not? You know what's funny is that that Chucky. E, I've only been to the United States the one time, yeah. And Chuck E. Cheese is the only thing that I distinctly remember because I was a kid. So I spent a couple of years living in Montreal, Canada. That's where I learned how to speak French. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was living there, I remember one time I took a trip down to my my family went down on a trip to Michigan, mm -hmm. Detroit, Michigan. Because we had some distant relatives there. And I remember the first thing that I thought when I went to Detroit, Michigan was, this looks like the set of an Eminem video from 8 Mile. <laughs> oh, my. oh my god, really? 
I remember that. I mean, I distinctly remember seeing... I mean, I was a kid, and then somehow I got my hands on 8 Mile, the movie. And I was like, I should not be seeing this, should I? And then I went to, and then I went to Detroit, Michigan, and I was like, wait, that was real? <laughs> I never... No, I've never been to Detroit in my life. But... But I'm I mean, gonna, you're not that far. Yeah, not that far. But like, but like, I could, uh, I could believe you on Detroit being a, a scuffy town because it's not. It's oh, not, it's not yeah, the, it's not the best town ever. <laughs> yeah, it was certainly is not. And then I remember that, and then I remember the Chuck E. Cheese most distinctly of all. I don't know why it stuck in my head so much, but I mean, <laughs> it was interesting. I'll tell you that. Like, I still, I mean, I was a kid back then. I was like maybe. 10 years old. I mean, right now I'm 21, and that was like 10 years old or something back then. And I remember going to the Chuck E. Cheese and playing some games and eating some really bad food. And then, like, I don't know, that that one experience stuck in my head. And I'm actually, I've actually been trying to make a joke about that, you know, like about how Chuck E. Cheese is the one thing that's stuck in my head in the United States. I'm, but I'm actually quite surprised that when you did the joke about how you came over to, to Dubai and you, and you said, like, you visit, like, this place, this place, and then the Pizza King. I'm surprised you didn't go, like, oh, I came to America, and I visit the White House, the, the, this. <laughs> yeah, but, like, that was a thing. That was, that joke was a, sorry, the whole touristic sites thing about Budapest um, is that, like, I came up on, I came up with that as I was speaking it, you know? Like, I had no idea that I, I had no plans of making that joke. And then as I was speaking, it sort of hit me. And I was, and that was a segue into my Pizza King joke because um, Pizza King is sort of like this. So here's the thing about Hungary. Yeah, it's a really uh, cheap place to live in. I mean, I pay 315 euros a month for an apartment in downtown, and for a room, for a gigantic room downtown in the middle of it. And I was like, you know, with everything included, no utility bills, no nothing. Mm-hmm. So it's a really cheap city, and so every summer. The uh, Brits, the British people, come in force to the country in the thousands, and um, so they come here. And every time they go to see the tourist spots, and then they go and they get completely wasted. And you'll always see them huddled in the masses around this really shitty, really shitty pizza place called Pizza King. It's by far the worst pizza I've ever had in my life. And you always see them huddled around because it's the only place that's open 24-7. So people would huddle around the motherfucker and eat, you know, and you'd just be sitting there like, Jesus fucking Christ, this is disgusting. But wait, is the, yeah, but isn't there, isn't there like Pizza Hut and Domino's and Papa John's over there? No Domino's, no Papa John's. Uh, Pizza Hut is a thing, but it's kind of, honestly kind of shitty here. I mean, the thing about most American fast food chains is that outside of America, the corner is really bad, you know, for the most part. I mean, Dubai being the only exception. Dubai is the only country where KFC tastes decent. But, like, for the most part, people avoid eating fast food franchises, you know, here, like, a lot. I mean, they, there's still a lot of people who like to eat it at 4 in the morning, but... There's not sort of an open 24-7 culture as there is in other places. So Europe is a very um, sort of early bird situation. Like, unless, you know, in the summer when then they start to open up some places. But for the most part, if you, like, go to Austria, Norway, it's an old people city, you know, old people country. So, like, you'll be, everything will be closed by, like, 8 p.m. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never been, I've never, I've never been to Europe, actually. I've, I've never been anywhere outside my own country. Oh, well. well, I mean, you really should. I mean, you know that Mark Twain quote about exploration and how it develops the mind, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I'm not much of a traveler myself, but every time I travel, it's honestly such an incredible experience. Uh, most distinctly of all, Portugal. You got to go to Portugal. I always want to go to England. You ever been to England? Not really, no. I mean, I have friends there, so I know what the situation, but like, um, you know, Europe is a must visit. You know, it's definitely an, a really eye opening experience. You got to see, you know, like, I mean, you know, I mean, not to, not to like personally, you know, not to like, you know, criticize you or anything, but when people stay in one country for the rest of their lives, they're sort of relegated to a sort of, you know, a bubble. I mean, I was like that too when I was living in Dubai. You know, Dubai is a very sheltered place. You don't see politics. You don't hear bad news, really. You just, you know, it's a bubble. Yeah. So when you when you leave those places and you see what life really is like outside, your entire perspective changes. And that's, you know, like, and that really accelerates your growth as a person because that's what, like, I feel made me, you know, like, I feel like, so I've been, I'm 21 years old. You know, I lived in Dubai for 17 years. Mm-hmm. And that I feel that, when I moved to Lebanon and then I moved here to Budapest, I grew up more in those three years, three and a half years than I ever did in those 17 years in Dubai. So it's that sort of experience that changes you, you know, it makes you really gives you a kick in the crotch in terms of growth. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that the first time I'll ever go to Europe or outside the country, but probably will probably be when someday one of the two podcasts I do get, um, go 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 somewhere like you know in the in the way of like um in the way of like getting some sort of fame or something i don't know because yeah. because I, I don't because with the job with the with the casual job i do on a weekly basis i don't think that's going to get me any money to, to to go to like europe or anything yeah it's understandable i mean but the thing is that, like what i like about living in europe is that hopping over from one place to another is really really cheap like um it's honestly incredible. Like, for example, if I wanted to go from Beirut to Dubai in the Middle East, it would cost me a lot of money, a lot. Like, I mean, over three hundred bucks minimum. You know, mm-hmm. here I want here I want to book a flight for my friend from Budapest to Charleroi in Belgium. You know, the Brussels. Yeah. Cost forty eight bucks. My gosh, that's cheap. My friend, my I got two friends flying to Paris and back for fifty bucks. Which, oh, which, by the way, when when that whole thing happened in Paris, did you did you actually fly your friends out to you to, to make sure they were safe? Uh, no, because back then none of my friends were in Paris. I oh. mean, I, you know, when the whole situation in Paris happened, I didn't know anybody there, and I was like, I was still, mm, you know, I was. I don't think I was in. I don't think I was in Budapest at that time. I, maybe I was. I don't know. But um, like the whole situation in Paris, you know, was a really tragic one, and. It was really sad to hear, but I mean, I didn't, you know, there's nothing I could do about it at the moment. You know, I mean, I was, for for the, you know, for most of the last year or so, I was dead broke. That's why I live here and not in, like, France or Belgium or the Netherlands, you know? So, Hungary is a... No, I'm sorry. Um, no, it's okay. So, so I want to ask, do you think that the, I know this is like, I don't know if this is going to be a blown out proportion thing, but do you, but, okay, I'll just ask it. Do you think that the thing they have in Paris... Is the European equivalent to 9/11? I don't think there's ever really going to be an equivalent to 9/11. You know, like in terms of the sheer horror and tragedy of it all. Because I mean, in terms of the in terms of terrorist attacks in the past two decades, I mean, definitely the attacks that happened in France were the most deadly. 
of their type mm-hmm. in Europe. But I mean, you know, terrorism is not something completely unfamiliar to Europeans. I mean, you've had you if you know London definitely went through its fair share. They had a big bombing in a square one time. I don't remember the specifics of it, but it was related something to relate to Ireland. And then I remember that you know so like the. You know, I mean, definitely 9-11 was the worst of it all by a significant measure. I mean, you had just, I, I can't even begin to imagine what people were seeing that day, the uh, imagery of it all. And I mean, you know, it was a really tragic thing, but I wouldn't go as far to say as there was the 9-11 of Europe, you know. I understand. <clears throat> I, I, believe, I believe I was... Uh, Gosh, I mean, 2001, so I was like, gosh, I was probably, I think I was like seven or eight when that mm-hmm. happened. It was, it was, it was crazy. I was three years old, so, you know, I, I remember seeing it, but I remember reading about it a lot later. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to make this like a, this conversation a downer, I just. No, it's all right. I mean, you know, it's, it's in the past, you know, I mean, I don't really care. I mean, I don't really uh, I don't really let the past get to me, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so moving on from that. Um, yeah. Do you have you ever have you ever thought about like like doing like a podcast of your own in some sort of way? I mean, you know, if I ever found the right material or the right stuff to talk about or the right people, you know, because a podcast is nothing without like a good guest, you know, or some or without a good host. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. If I wasn't up to snuff, you know, I mean, definitely, I never really considered it, but I do love enjoying listening to podcasts. I'm a big fan of um, two Cyber. in particular, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Um, yeah. Do you know of it? No, I don't know that one. It's a history podcast where this um, guy goes, he's not necessarily a historian, so he's not an academic, but he's a guy who's really passionate about history, and he goes on for five hours straight talking about history. He talks about American foreign policy in the 1800s. He talks about the the birth of the Ecumenid Persian Empire. He talks about like all sorts of topics, and he, it's really incredible how he his perspective on it and how he talks about it. And then there's the other podcast, which is um, how did this get made? Mm-hmm. It's um, so you know that have you ever seen Parks and Recreation or Brooklyn Nine Nine? I I. I don't think I've seen an episode of those shows, but I know they exist. Well, all right. So there's an actor who acts in both of these shows. Uh, I think he's called Jason Mansukas, and he's anyways. He hosts this podcast with along with two other actors who have regular appearances in uh, sitcoms, and um, so you know he talks. They talk about really bad movies and how they get made, and sort of the why are they so bad? Like, have you ever heard of this movie called The Room? Oh my gosh, with Tommy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So there's an, there's an episode of that where Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero themselves come on the show. Yeah. And they talk, and it is fucking gold. And <laughs> they, no, whatever Tommy with Tommy and Greg are on is freaking gold. <laughs> It is. It is. Honestly, I mean, I saw this Reddit on a. I saw this AMA on Reddit the other day that had me fucking dying. They, so this one guy asked him like, so. So I remember this question. There was this question that a fan asked on Reddit, and then Rex Estero's answer was, "I've been asked how my sex life was from Santa Barbara to Norway." 
Yeah. Oh my god. That's a long stretch. Yeah, that is. And me and my friends, we fucking quote the shit out of that movie. I mean, today I walk into my apartment and I close the door and I'm like, I did the whole, I did not hit her, it's bullshit part to my flatmate. <laughs> um, does, um, do, do you, um, what was it, have you seen Best Friends? No, not yet, but I definitely plan on seeing that. But I mean, the, you know, that's that's what I'm telling you. Like that podcast that I listened to, that's how I found out about best best friends. Um, I had no idea they were making another movie. I thought Greg Sestero was wouldn't have been nuts enough to go make another movie with fucking Tommy Wiseau. I mean, that guy, you know. But yeah. he just did it. The bad, the mad bastard. I mean, like, but there's also the Disaster Artist, which is the, the movie. <laughs> that is a fantastic movie. That is a. I love that movie. I haven't I haven't seen that movie yet. It's great. You should totally check it out. If you're any, even a slightly a fan of The Room, I mean, oh, it's I really worth seeing. I mean, you know, so much good stuff in it. It's oh. it's a high, it's really highly recommended. And they did an episode, the podcast that I told you, How Did This Get Made? They even did an episode about that Disaster Artist movie. No, I got to show you something. Yeah, you'll laugh, you're, you'll laugh, your butt off. It's, it's, um, Go ahead. So, it, this is a, so there's this show in America called Full House. I know it. And and somebody took that the intro to that show and they made it into the room. No way. <laughs> oh yes way. Oh my god, <laughs> that is like the classic intro mixing with like that guy's fucking. No, there's actually a video where they take the room and they turn it into a song in the stylings of Prince. Really? Yeah, this I gotta send you. But you gotta honestly, it's one of the funniest things we've ever seen. Me and my friends, we sometimes get drunk and we start belting out that song. Do you do you want me to do you want me to send you the link to the video? I yes, was please, you? Do, please do. <clears throat> All right, I got. <clears throat> I think I think you'll <clears throat> laugh your crap off. So it used to be that if you want, oh. I just I'll add that I'll add that out. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but but like um, I sent that link to you. The. Uh... Room is a Prince song. That shit is fuck. Like, I mean, honestly, that shit had me rioting for a while. <laughs> you gotta listen to this. I, I know that we're recording right now, but you gotta listen. You gotta listen to this on the air, and you gotta give me your thoughts, man. This is. This oh is yeah, you bet. Where is it? Copy. Where, where's the oh, copy link address? Here we go. You give me after you watch this video. You gotta give me your thoughts on this on this freaking video. Is the sure? It's, it's amazing. Let's check this out. Full house thing. What is the room? Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is about the full house is all. I think full house is all set in San Fran, right? What's that? Full house was all set in San Francisco, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean the fact that also the room was that that was kind of funny because they can use the same establishing shots. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh god, this is this is fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh, they got that creepy guy. Just never like. <laughs> oh my god! 
I love this sort of stuff. Anything that brings these two shows together, <laughs> ugly old bitch. Fucking hell. Oh my god. Everywhere. <laughs> oh my god. It's, it's honestly disturbing how much football they played. In their oh. finest suits. Yeah. Oh god, they even included this in the sex scenes. I do not need to see that again. <laughs> Dude, honestly, I'll tell you something about those sex scenes. When we were sitting there watching the movie and those sex scenes came on three and under an hour, it was probably the most awkward experience of my life. <laughs> I mean, we were pretty drunk and it was still really awkward. <laughs> I mean, like when you're showing, when you're showing, when, when 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 it happens that much, dude, you're gonna get awkward. Yeah. Honestly, dude. I mean, I was sitting there listening, like the cheesy music. I mean, by the third time, we were unironically singing the cheesy ass music along. <laughs> oh my god, you were. <laughs> I mean, by the second part, it's like you are my rose, you are my rose, and we were like, me and my friends were like singing that too, because we were just like, this is the only way to get rid of the awkwardness. <laughs> You gotta go. You gotta dive deep through the uncanny valley to get out the other side. You know. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> that, that, no, so did you? Did you see the whole thing? Yeah. Right now, like it's finishing it up. Like the part of the suicide is just fucking hilarious. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, you know. There's usually the idea that Tommy Wiseau, like the guy he plays in the movie Johnny, was supposed to be a vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was supposed. No, there's the the. The original idea was that he was supposed to go inside a Mercedes, and that somehow was supposed to turn him into a vampire. Yeah, honestly, um, it, it was fucking hilarious. I mean, that, that whole that whole movie is such a clusterfuck. But you just want to—it's like a—I mean, I've heard this being said by someone before, but I don't know who it was. But it's a car crash you can't look away from. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it, it did. You, did you see his show, The Neighbors? Oh my god! I saw a clip of that and I cringed. Like I felt like I, I felt like my entire my entire internal organs cringe along with me. <laughs> I saw I saw one episode of it on YouTube and it, it's freaking hilarious. It is. It's too much, honestly. Like, I mean, and then uh, what I love the most, the guy had the balls to say to be submitted for an Emmy. Did did um did did does that. Does the neighbors represent your home life or your apartment life or whatever? Nah, my my apartment life is a lot like um, I would say Joey and Chandler's situation from Friends. You know, lots of uh, sarcasm, lots of people being dumbasses, lots of you know, just random hijinks. I mean, we stuff like that. You know, I mean, although unlike unlike Friends, most of us don't really get laid. Oh my god. <laughs> Or, or when you go to the grocery store, the most the the thing that people buy the most of that real people that that people don't really get dates. Yeah. <laughs> there oh, there's some material for you. Yeah, I know. I mean, I I mean, I do have a joke about that. I mean, uh, it was it went like this: like you know, you Muslims have been really nice to our. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You Europeans have really been nice to our um, Muslim friends because I'm not Muslim myself, but I have lots of Muslim friends, so. Uh, they were like, you know, I was like, you guys, you Europeans have been so encouraging, you know, it's honestly incredible. You guys walk around thinking, hey, these guys can get four wives, you know, and I'm like, 
Most of my Muslim friends can't even get a date. But but you should you should throw in the um the uh that when you go into a grocery store when you buy dates, it's you should you should you should entwine it in with something like yeah. how you can't really get dates. But people yeah. would be going and buy dates at the store. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would be great stuff. I mean, it's always nice to workshop these ideas off of each other. I mean, I went to um, the host of the night, the host of the uh, comedy night, is uh, an archaeologist by day. So um, I went up to him one time and I started giving him, like, he only had one archaeologist joke. And then I started talking to him about how he should, like, make a bunch of archaeology jokes about digging up his dead relationships. And then, you know, yeah. like, or <laughs> digging up your ancestors and asking them how they got laid. The, no, there, there's one. There's one. Per, there, well, it's actually two people. But there's some. There's a comedy group of two people that that I got that you gotta look up and you gotta check out because they're hilarious. Keen Peel. No. Um. His. No. They're they're called Red Johnny and the Round Guy. Yeah. You look them. There's not much. There's not much of them on YouTube, but they're on there and they're and when you put when you put Red Johnny and the Round Guy in YouTube. They'll be yeah. like the first like four videos, and the first video um, when they show when they show up on a talk show, you gotta watch that crap. That is that, yeah. that is hilarious. And then there's another video called and then they do another video called Kamikaze Sports where they make paper football into a legit sport. That's fucking awesome. I mean, you know, like I mean, I really like discovering new stuff like that. I mean, I really I love comedy. I love watching TV shows, comedy TV shows more than anything else. I mean, I some I barely I can barely watch dramatic TV shows or, you know, big epic scope TV shows. I just like watching simple comedies that really help me relax. You know, yeah. so definitely that'd be something that I'd be into. But I mean, to be honest, my all time favorite comedy group or you know sketch comedy is easily Monty Python. You know, I mean. Oh yeah. Those guys knew how to make people laugh. I mean, the sheer ridiculousness of some of their sketches and how far they're willing to go with it. Like, you, you I mean, you'll have the, you have sketches that will go on for hours, for ages, and they, will, they would know that you know you're not laughing yet, but you're gonna laugh. I mean, but like, there, there's also Spinal Tap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I love all sorts of comedy. I recently saw the um, Tenacious D movie. You know, uh, Pick a Destiny. Yeah. Yeah, that shit was fucking. Glorious. I mean, do you ever hear? You know? Do you have the album? The the album literally called "The Pick of Destiny." Yeah, I got it on my Spotify. I mean, it's fun to unironically sing it with some of my friends. When sometimes, like, um, we we sit down and we sing Kickapoo together, and it was, it was a lot of fun. It's a no. I mean, I I never I never seen the I ha, I haven't seen the movie, but I oh you gotta. But I but I but I have a couple songs off the album. Oh yeah. No, you got it, because once you know what the song's in context, it's really fucking great. And, I mean, I don't know if you're a fan of the Foos, Foo Fighters. Yeah, I'm a fan of them. Yeah, well, the devil is played by Dave Grohl, so, yeah, you know. I know that. If there's any motivation to see the movie, there's that. Do you know there's, do you know they made a new show on YouTube? Who? Tenacious D. Oh, no shit! Yeah, on their channel, they, they, um, they, they, um, they have, like, a new show based off their new album that they're releasing. Yeah, all right. That sounds great, actually. I mean, I heard they're working on a sequel to, to Pick a Destiny. So, that would even be nuttier. It'd be nuts, That's... you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's lots of good stuff, you know? I mean, if, the one thing, I mean if, if there's one thing Americans do right, it's comedy and music. 
So, so like, so like, um, do you, do you, uh, do you have like a, like, so what kind of music do you listen to? I'm a gigantic fan of, um, rock for the most part, like not heavy rock. I don't, I'm not a fan. I do. I dislike metal. I dislike, um, you know, heavy metal. I'm a big fan of any sort of good rock. I mean, uh, recently I've been, I mean, so and I'm also really, I lean to the, towards the softer stuff like pop and um, sometimes I'm a really gigantic fan of uh, Brazilian bossa nova. It's sort of like jazz, but Brazilian jazz. It's honestly incredible. I discovered it when I was in Portugal and it was one of the most, it's one of my favorite things to listen to. So right now, these days, I'm really big into uh, Radiohead. I got really into them over the summer mm-hmm. and uh, as well as Motion City Soundtrack, if you've ever heard of them. Mm-mm. Can't that. Oh, Motion City Soundtrack is this band from Minnesota, and uh, they used to be big in the two thousands and in the like the first decade of the two thousands, and then they sort of went on a permanent hiatus in two thousand sixteen. But honestly, like I don't know, their songs are just to me they're incredible. I mean, I'm a really big fan of that sort of like rock, pop, you know, stuff like that. I've also been. I've also always been a fan of U2. I know they don't get. I know they get a lot of uh, derision these days, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I grew up with U2. Like my dad used to put the records on, and I remember listening to them when I was three years old. Do you so? Um, so, so are you like a fan of like pop rock? I like rock. I like pop rock. I like jazz. I like classical sometimes. Um, I, would, I like you know. I definitely like some. I like, I'm I'm a very big fan of music that's meant to relax me, not excite me. You know, mm-hmm. so um, Radiohead. Uh, I like Led Zeppelin slower stuff. Uh, going to California, you know, stuff like that. Um, I mean, I'm, I have a I have a very big collection of music from all sorts of uh, different genres and aspects. And you know, I'm a fan of this. I'm really big fan of Springsteen. Sometimes Bruce Springsteen. Hi. How about uh, how about Gorillas? Yeah, big fan too. Um, their latest album, to be honest, leaves a little bit to be desired. But their closing song, Sugai, I think it's called. I think so. Yeah, that's a good. That's one of my favorites. I'm also a big fan of The Cure, David Bowie. David Bowie is probably my all-time favorite artist, like in terms of a single artist. And um, David Bowie's good. Know, David Bowie's fan, fucking fantastic. And then I love bands like. The Foo Fighters, Franz Ferdinand, Arctic Monkeys, um, Green Day, you know, I'm also a fan of Iggy Pop, Jimi Hendrix, stuff like that. It's just, you know, I mean, I, mean, I, I even listen to rap sometimes and hip-hop, I mean, especially Nas's album, Elmatic. I mean, I don't know if you know Nas, but... I think I know who they are, but I just don't, I don't, I just don't listen to, I don't listen to rap, really. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm a fan sometimes, I mean, you know... But also, um, you know, I've been get this summer. It's all about. It's I mean, for the past few months, it's all about. It's it's all been about Radiohead and uh, Motion City soundtrack for me. Oh, that's that's really cool. So, yeah. So are you? What about you? What do you like? Oh, what I, well, well, um, I I really, per, me personally, I I I like metal. I like Metallica yeah. and Iron Maiden and. Yeah. I mean, I see the appeal. I love it. I, I get the appeal definitely. I mean, I have metalheads for friends, and I I'm not impart. I, I wouldn't. It's not like I won't sing along if a good red metal song comes on. I'm a. I mean, you know, you you put on Holy Diver, and I'm there. Yeah, and like, <clears throat> and like, um, I also like you know Aerosmith and Aerosmith's yeah, pretty good. good. Stuff. 
you know. Yeah, Aerosmith is great. I, I like Aerosmith, even though, you know, some of my friends are not gigantic fans of them. Um, I like, you know, Van Halen and, of course, Gorillaz. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I like, uh, what, what else? I, I like Christmas stuff a lot. I, I really like Yeah? Oh, dude, I mean, you would fit in perfectly with my friends group. I mean, last last Christmas, uh, you know, not... This, oh, yo, this you, is just, sort of you a, just mentioned the song, last Christmas. Yeah, I was going to segue into that, but actually, uh, I remember around December 2, me and my friends, we went on a day trip to Vienna, because it's only two and a half hours away. Yeah. And um, the whole time we were driving there, it was snowing like crazy, and we started, like, belting out last Christmas, and all I want for Christmas is you while... Drinking a ton of wine. <laughs> there, We're sitting in the back of the bus and belting our guts out with that stuff. No, you know it's. I mean, I won't listen to it all year round because I'm not. No, gonna, definitely not. But only around Christmas time, that shit has got to be played. Yeah, but but if you if you want to know how much I like it, I I know this is gonna sound crazy, but I have cassette, I have cassette tapes in 2018. Yeah. And two of them out of the four I have are Christmas music. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's all right. I mean, nothing wrong with Christmas music, you know, when the time comes. But, I mean, it's fun. I mean, you know, there's there's a sort of fun element to it. You know, it's sort of like you can sing them, although, you know, that's just for... It's very lighthearted. Christmas is a very lighthearted time of the year. You know, it's my, it's my favorite time of the year, even though I don't really practice religion anymore. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a... It's a, it's a very Christmas is a, is a great time of year for uh, for all around the world, you know, because every country has their own tradition of how they. I mean, like, there, there's countries who won't. I forget what country it is, but there's a country who won't eat until they see the moon or the stars, or whatever, in the sky. Yeah. But like there, but like that's um, that I mean every country has its own tradition and its own Santa. But. Yeah, yeah. Actually, here they have some. Here they don't have a Santa in Hungary. I learned, to much to my surprise, they have something called Baby Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have a Santa at all. Like I mean, as part of their pantheon, uh, they like I was so you know I mean it's just honestly odd. But definitely in other countries, you know, there's a whole Santa tradition and other stuff like that. In the Middle East, I mean, you know, in Dubai around Christmas time, they put gigantic trees up in the malls. Like gigantic, like three-story high trees. Oh my god! That's a so you know, it's pretty cool. So, so like, um, do you? Uh, are you a reader? Do you like to read too? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, um, I I always strongly argue for literature as a developmental tool for personal, you know, personal development for everyone I talk to, and um, you know, I like to read all sorts of stuff like uh, historical books I like to read fictional books um, like I mean I remember that I've read the most the last book that I finished was uh, American Gods by Neil Gaiman mm-hmm. uh, you know of that book no I don't know that. oh well it's a pretty interesting read I mean it's a mix of um, horror fantasy and sort of fiction mm-hmm. it's pretty cool and then I also like remember reading the 1984, Animal Farm, The Man in the High Castle, um, stuff like that. Right now, I'm reading through um, Herodotus. The first, it's the Greek writer who wrote the first history book ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, air quotes history. It's not really accurate, but you know, for a guy in 400 BC, he didn't do too bad. For uh, for me, 
Um, I'm I'm reading. Uh, well, like I'm not reading it right now, but I have it. It's one of my favorite books ever. But there's this there's this book called um, Winter Girls. You ever heard of it? No. It's a it's a just just to give you a quick summary of what it's about. It's a it's literally about this um about this girl who and her friend. And what happens is is that on New Year's um on New Year's Eve one year they they uh they say they they uh they take like a I don't know what they take but they take like a plate or something and they cut their and they cut their wrists open and they go like oh I can lose weight faster than you it's like no I can wait I can lose it faster than you and then they they laugh it off and the story is about um the one girl one girl's life after her friend dies from too much blood loss. Jesus. And and um, it just goes on from there. It's, it's that's heavy stuff, man. I, I I know it's heavy, but it's it's such a fascinating story, from the beginning to when it ends, dude. Yeah, that's honestly pretty. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I mean, I, there's value in drama and you know, dramatic stuff and heavy stuff, but. I honestly, these days, I honestly can't stomach it myself. Like, I like to read. I'm doing everything pretty lighthearted these days, you know, not stuff that you can get in and get out of quickly. I mean, I don't play, you know. I mean, I st- I play video games as well. So like, mm-hmm. even even when it comes to video games, I don't play something that I invest too much time into. I'm always getting in and out of stuff. So I actually haven't been reading like I used to because of that whole philosophy right now. I'm sorry. No, it's alright. No, I did. I mean, no, I mean, like, I, uh, like, I mean, like, like, sorry, I mean, like, I, I don't know, I, I mean, the going to our books that I read, I mean, like, I read, like, a, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge wrestling fan myself, I, I don't know, are, yeah. you, are you a wrestling fan? I used to be, I mean, I haven't kept up in years, but, I mean, you know, I, I was a fan back when DX was a thing in the WWE. Yeah, DX and all that, the Attitude Era. The, the yeah, movies. I mean, I used to keep up with that stuff, but not anymore these days. I mean, I almost never watch TV here. I, I mean, I, I watch Netflix, but that's pretty much it. But yeah, I mean, like, but I'm such a, I'm, I'm a huge fan of wrestling, and because of that, I have, of course, wrestling books. And so, and so currently, I'm the, the, the current wrestling book I'm reading is the book on every single WrestleMania up to the 30th one. Which is it basically basically it's just information basically the book is just like information about the start and the end of how every single one of them were made and like what made them popular and all that stuff you know yeah and um and uh let I guess I guess we can I guess we can cap it off with with um with these last two questions is mm-hmm. um are you uh do you, do you, since I know you don't really watch television, like you said, mm-hmm. but but do you collect DVDs? Collect sorry. Do you collect DVDs like series DVDs or something? Uh, no, not really, because I move around a lot, and uh, as a result, I keep my I keep my baggage very light. But I do have two CDs that I keep on me all the time, which are not which are not um, TV CDs, but they're music CDs. Number one is uh, U2's Joshua Tree album, mm-hmm. and number two is Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run album. So these two are always on me. That's really that's really cool. Yeah. Oh, and I also have some video game CDs. I have the entire Elder Scrolls collection in my uh, closet. No, that's that's really cool. 
Yeah. Uh, um, and real quickly, I'm I'm such a Guitar Hero nerd that I have all the games. Oh yeah. I have all the games. <laughs> it's fucking cool. I mean, I, I mean, I don't have the space for that kind of setup here, but like. It's uh, honestly pretty cool. I mean, you know, just clacking away the guitar, playing your favorite songs. You really do get into it because I did try it the one time when I was in Dubai back when it was um, what's called back when I was you know back when they were demoing all that stuff and it was at its peak. You know what I mean? There was this um, time period where that was all the rage. I mean, I'm pretty sure in your country the game was in a different language, obviously. No English. I mean. Uh, my primary language is English, even though I'm an Arab. I learned to speak English before I learned how to speak Arabic. And Dubai is a um, very English-speaking city. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you don't really have to learn Arabic to get around. I mean, I didn't, for the most part. I, learned, I didn't learn Arabic until I was in second grade. Yeah, because um, because I know, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm just a huge wrestling, wrestling game, guitar hero fan. Yeah. I just, have them, I just have them all, and it's just like... Yeah, that's cool. But um, I guess we can I guess we can end it off on this one qu- on this question, is that that we're we're gonna circle it all the way around back to the beginning. Yeah. Where where if since since you're doing your comedy thing and that's what you're doing is like a side hobby and I and you're pretty passionate about this side hobby being like one of your other main ones. What, yeah. What place? What what place in the future would you love to sell out as a comedy gig, like Zanies or, or, or Second City or any of that? I mean, it would be pretty fucking amazing to like, uh, you know, like if I ever. I mean, this is uh, this is the this is like Lord of the Rings level fantasy, but like, if I could set out like you know something like somewhere in New York. I mean, even just a small bar in New York or. Uh, you know, like a, a stadium in like uh, not a stadium, like a small auditorium in LA. So, you know, some big American city where all the people you know go to think where it's generally conceived that people make it big there. You know, like LA is Hollywood, so um, you know that's where everybody thinks that they can make it big. You know, and so that would be that would be a pretty cool fantasy to entertain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't see it going that far. I mean, I just it's. It's a hobby until I find my next hobby, you know, because this is never, I never imagined myself doing this. I always imagined myself more as a um, writer or something like that, you know? Yeah, because, because, hey, um, because, because I think, I think that stuff I saw, I saw in the post, that, that stuff is, that stuff is pretty good. And I know if you keep improving on it, you'll just keep yeah. getting, you'll, you'll make up new material and keep getting funnier. <laughs> Thank you. It's really nice of you to say that. I mean, honestly, I'm really flattered by the idea that, like, you know, people like my material enough to talk to talk to me for an hour about it. And, you know, like, uh, you know, it's just pretty, it's a pretty nice feeling. I mean, you know, just like uh, people liking your material, people laughing at you, like the, uh, laughing for, laughing with you, sorry. I mean, that's, that, that I turned into one of my jokes as well, you know, but um it's it's a nice feeling. I mean, definitely. I mean, yeah, I'll laugh, yeah, I'll laugh with you and, and you at your jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but yeah i mean it was amazing to have you on man you are a super awesome person i'm so Thanks, glad man. i was able to meet you and it's really cool talking to you too like honestly this is one of the this is one of my favorite parts and i've had a pretty interesting weekend and this is the perfect way to top it off hey no problem so yeah um um thank you everyone for listening to episode 17 17 episodes my god of Cyber Time Bite. You can find me on Twitter at Nostalgia Vamp. 
And you can also find me on Facebook at CyberTimeBite. And also pick up my merchandise at rubbubble.com at slash uh, Crash Steven Gear. I think that's what it goes like. Yeah. You can <coughs> you can pick up my t-shirt uh, that says CyberTimeBite on it. Which, by the way, since, we're talk- since I was talking talking to somebody from Europe, you could, you could ship it from anywhere in America to anywhere in Europe. All over the world, baby. Woohoo! Capitalism. <laughs> It's a, it's a, you can pick, you can pick up my merch and where, wherever you are in whatever country or city you live in. And so, so check that out. And, um, how about you? You want to share your stuff? I mean, you know, I mean, not, not I mean, you, you can just find me by like, you know, on the street every day. I mean, there's nothing, maybe one day you'll see me posted in more common places, but for the moment, I've, all I've got is like my personal Facebook page. So, yeah, you know, you can just hit me up by name if you want to, you know, add it up. Do you um? Are you on um? Are you on Twitter? Uh, no, I'm, I'm actually not that big on social media. I mean, I only have my personal Facebook page and my WhatsApp personal number and stuff like that. I mean, I had Twitter just to follow some people, but it never really panned out. Reddit does everything I need, you know. Yeah, so yeah, go check them out on, on Reddit at least. <laughs> yeah, know, he'll keep you updated on there. And so, and so, yeah. Um, thank you everyone for listening, and I will see you all for episode. 18 next week. So see ya. See ya.